Hey, welcome everyone. This is uh, TG, and I just want to welcome you to the Weight Loss Podcast. This is, what is this, episode four? That's right. All right, we're moving up in numbers. And um, I want to give a big thank you for all the downloads we have uh, from last week. It uh, just keeps getting better. And once again, uh, we do rebroadcast this uh, on all the major podcast platforms, um, whatever they may be. So um, today, uh, we're going to talk today about something that may be a little bit uh, controversial, but I think it needs to be said. And um, it always amazes me how, mainly in the Western civilization, you know, that we do not take the struggle to lose weight, food addiction, as serious as we do drug addiction, nicotine, or alcohol, or the other ones that have a, um, a tag attached to them as bad. Uh, if you talk to somebody that uh, knows somebody has a drug addiction, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, typically got something to do with maybe jail time or got pulled over, got arrested, or just it's just kind of bad stigmatism. Right. Uh, someone who smokes, uh, this day and age especially, mm-hmm. uh, the addiction is real and uh, our snuff or all that stuff. Hey, you know, yeah, that's not good for you, the cancer. Mm-hmm. We always talk about the things related to it. And, um, and then, of course, we uh, talk about the alcohol which, you know, we all know has a bad rap in regards to what it could do, especially an alcoholic, going to AA, all the steps. So my point is, all these addictions are highly regarded as, yeah, man, that's serious stuff. But when it comes to an individual that's addicted to food, who's overweight, who's going to possibly be diabetic, blood pressure medication, all that stuff, it's kind of treated as, well, yeah, I mean, that's not a good thing, but you know, it, 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 you know, we're okay. Why, why do you think that is? Um, I have no idea, but I mean, the reason why drugs and alcohol and food uh, is used as a coping mechanism is because it you want to change the way you feel, mm-hmm. and so using any one of those things is obviously going to change the way you feel. Um, and just because it's food and you need food to survive, I think that's one of the things that like you kind of just shrug your shoulders because you need it. Um, with drugs and alcohol, cigarettes, all of that stuff, it's not something you need to survive. Right. Where food, you have to, you have to have it. So it's kind of an easy out. Sure. And and but going back to it, if someone has an alcohol problem, after a while, people say we need to get help. Mm-hmm. This is going down a bad road. Mm-hmm. If you have a drug addiction, we need to go to Drugs Anonymous. Uh, you know, smokers. All the, all of them have outlets where people go to get help. Right. When someone we obviously see in our family that's gaining weight or a friend and they continue to get more unhealthy, mm-hmm. there's never really an intervention like you would with a family member with drugs, alcohol, or smoking, maybe not so much. But it's kind of like a passive thing that it's not good. And in my opinion from uh, doing this for a long time is they're never really in enough pain. Right. And, and I'm not talking just physically. I'm talking mentally. Mm-hmm. I, I dare say, not, not being an alcoholic or drug addict, that they don't want to be that way, and, and, and it weighs heavy on them, and maybe they're kind of in a bad place, mannerisms, the whole, their whole lifestyle changes from that. Mm-hmm. People addicted to food and struggle to lose weight who kind of like, you know, I need to do something. I know, you, I know they need to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you were 220, you knew you needed to do something, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just there's not enough pain there to push you to go seek help. Sure. Or let me ask you this: As an over, once an overweight person, was it was the ego on the way to ask for help? 
Um, do, do you feel like you were like ashamed to ask for help? Something as simple as I need to lose weight versus I need to get off the drugs. I think I think I had been on so many diets and so many crash diets and did some things that would help me lose weight that I probably wasn't uh, the healthiest mm-hmm. way to lose weight. Um, it got to the point where why ask for help because it's not going to work. Right. Um, so it got to where I just needed to uh, be okay with being overweight, be okay with all the health issues that were coming along with it just because that was how I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was one of those that um, I know you've said it before, the last attempt I had uh, before doing this approach was a personal trainer. And um, I had already felt like he thought I was too far gone. Yeah. Um, when I approached him. So it was it was one of those that I was already defeated before uh, getting started. And that, that's very real. In my experience uh, back in the days when I was competing, mm-hmm. I've told this story before, I'd go to different gyms when I was traveling, and I always say, saw uh, ladies, especially overweight, and you could tell they wanted help, they didn't know what to mm-hmm. do. And then I saw trainers over here doing nothing, and I always asked why they weren't helping them. And you're right, they said, they're too far gone. Mm-hmm. So if the individual who's struggling to lose weight and they, they know it's not a good thing, maybe like I'm not going to ask for help because most people think I'm too far gone. Right. So that could be also like a standoffish mm-hmm. approach and like where do I get help? Right. And the, the reason I brought up is that something that people may feel ashamed to ask for help is because I had a client just this morning say to me, I've come to the realization it's okay to have a coach. Oh, it is. It's okay to mm-hmm. have you coaching me. When we started uh, umpteen months ago, she said, I was like, okay, I just need this for a while, and, and I can relate. I mm-hmm. understand people sometimes feel like, this is something I can do. Why can't I do it? Right. And don't we hear that all the time? It's like, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know what to do. It's just I don't do it. Right. And um, to take it a step further, with the way that the population looks at being overweight and the struggle, I see it everywhere. And I even see it in religion. And again, this could be controversial, but I'm just making a point that in religion, sometimes you can hear the pastor speaking about sin and about we should be doing this and not doing that, although he's 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. He himself is overweight, which I think biblically that is kind of up there with with, with the sin nature of taking care of the flesh. I'm not going to go quoting scripture (laughs) uh, because I don't know it uh, verbatim, but I'm just saying an overweight person also, and this is not knocking the pastor whatsoever. But even the pastor may look at it as it's not a good thing, but it's definitely not up there with infidelity, drugs, alcohol, all the things that we need to break the chains Mm -hmm. and trust in God for. Mm -hmm. So I look and sometimes I get a little confused. I'm like, again, even in the religious sector, that's not taken seriously. Sure. It's the same concept. And I mean, just excessive food, yeah. not feeling like you're getting enough and, you know, wanting more, wanting more, wanting more. Um, and again, everything is okay in moderation. Right. Um, and that's the same with food. Right. And, yeah. And, and it is. And from, from my perspective and, and my years of coaching, I get it. We look at it like what you just said. We need food to eat. Mm-hmm. So a little extra here. I know I shouldn't eat that much. My portions are too big. Mm-hmm. I need to exercise more. All those things are kind of socially acceptable, but why wouldn't they be in a society where everything 
is around food. Mm -hmm. you, you know, we've said this before. The 4th of July, we surveyed 30,000 people and asked them, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you say 4th of July? They said barbecue. Yep. Number one answer, barbecue. They didn't say anything about Independence Day, firecrackers, light shows, mm -hmm. anything. It was immediately barbecue at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. Anytime you go somewhere, it focuses around what's the meal going to be. Uh, you know, what, what are we having? And, That's what so much of our social lives oh, is just food related. Definitely. And I mean, I've been on crash diets before that I felt like I couldn't go to those social events. And I ended up feeling so depressed and alone and by myself because that's what we did for fun is go eat. Right. Yeah. And isn't that what we do on the weekend? It's mm -hmm. like, and that's, that's the hardest thing with clients. Mm -hmm. uh, and you may relate to this is it's okay. Everyone I think does good Monday through Friday. Oh, for sure. Monday through Friday, I'm strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, they say, why in the weekend is where I'm weak, if, if they use that word. And I'll say, number one, Monday through Friday, you are in a routine. Mm -hmm. You're going to bed at a certain time. You're waking up at a certain time. So your days are kind of mapped out, yep. which is a big key to success, by the way, in regards to losing weight and keeping off. But then the weekends come, and it's I'm going to stay up, and I'm not going to go to bed because I deserve it, and I've worked hard all week. And then comes in, what are we doing the weekends? Where do you want to go eat? Mm -hmm. So for those people that don't eat regularly out, it's always the weekend. And that's when people think when I have an idle time, I default to going out to eat, mm -hmm. which uh, uh, instead of treating it as it's another day, and, you know, we can go down a whole different rabbit hole with that. Right, one. right. So um, it, it's easy to see how this can be. But I want to talk to you. Uh, I, I was talking the other day to an individual, and they said, what would you say to somebody then to motivate them to focus on getting help or finding something that works for them and start taking – you know, taking the approach of this is an addiction like alcohol, nicotine, drugs. And so my response was simply, it's your duty. It is your obligation to yourself, first of all, to take care of yourself, okay? And, and the, there's two uh, things I found uh, with people that struggle to lose weight and keep it off, uh, two traits. Number one, procrastination. Number two is taking decisive action. Many, many people we've talked to know and go to bed at night emotionally crying and upset because they're like, another day went by, I gained another pound, mm -hmm. I'm doing nothing about it. Mm -hmm. And they constantly have this battle with themselves at night, and then they cry themselves to sleep, wake up next morning, do it all over again. They don't take a decisive action to break that cycle, right. and, and that's part of it. That's part of the addiction uh, with food and struggling to lose weight is not taking decisive action and procrastinating because you're not in enough pain yet, although you painfully are emotionally upset at night, it's okay enough that you can do it another day. And then that turns into another week and another month and another year and another 10, 15 pounds. What's your take on that? It's a loop. I mean, you get stuck in it and the emotions, it's, it's like I said, it's a loop. The emotions that you get from being overweight and trying to figure it all out adds up with all the stress and anxiety and the depression that comes with it, which causes you to eat, which causes you to... I mean, you just stay right there in this, like, gaining cycle. And the only, I mean, the only way out is to take action. To take a decisive mm -hmm. step. And that can be hard. And, yeah. and, and people are always looking for that motivation or that one thing to spark them oh, and to that's step the, out. And that's the thing is a lot of, a lot of us think that one program is going to fix us. Yeah. And that hearing something one time or knowing a meal plan front to back without having to look at a piece of paper is going to fix you. And in reality, it's 
a combination of all the diets and all the programs and all the things that you hear and continuing to practice it on a daily basis. It's not just to flip the switch and you're good to go. Very well said. And back to that client I was just talking to, she said the same thing. I said, hey, be sure and jump on the podcast day. She said, I've been listening. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff you talked to us about in our coaching. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, did you get it on the first try? And yep. she started laughing. I said, not being serious, mm -hmm. did you hear it once and nailed it? No. It, mm -hmm. It's a struggle. Uh, when you have a struggle, it takes what you just said, constant repetition of hearing it and doing it and trying to get better, not trying to perfect it. You know, that, that's the deal is when we have a struggle, we want to go out there and nail it. Right. And we want to perfect the it. All and, or nothing. Yeah, all or nothing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it has to be sustainable. And our approach is always to tell our clients 80 to 85% of the time. And a lot of people buck that. They're like, no one can be successful with that. Yes, they can. It has to be sustainable about you. 80 to 85% of the time, you're going to be successful. But you have an obligation. Your duty, your sole purpose, number one, should be to take care of this body to the best of your ability. And, and, and let me take it down a little step further. If you have children... It's more of your obligation and more of your responsibility and duty to take care of yourself so they see you doing that. And, and I know that's a very sensitive area there, but I've got three girls, and it motivates me. Even though this is my industry that I've been doing, I want them to see what I'm doing because I don't want them to end up one day going to have to see a guy like me, right. a weight loss coach. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, we had a little pre-chat before we hopped on here about this, and it made me think. Like when they're little, they're babies, and you're moving them into, like, real food. Like you're so concerned about them getting their veggies. You know, you start with the veggies, and you move to the, the fruits, and then on to, like, the little uh, finger foods. So you're so concerned about them getting their nutrition then. It doesn't really matter if you're well, getting your fruits. Why do you think that is? Um, your mom. You've got what, two girls? Yeah. yeah. Um, why is it? Because they're already growing, they can fight back, no. they can say no, yep. they get picky, they get those opinions. They um, wear you down. Oh, for sure. Yep. And so it's just easier to give them what they'll eat and move on. Um, and not only are you showing them how to take care of yourself and doing what you need to do so that you're healthy for them, there's like the mental side of things, like the, the struggle with body image that I know I went through in my preteen and teen years and even now, I don't want that part passed on to them. I don't want them to ever look in the mirror and say some of the things that I've said to myself. And so by taking care of myself and learning to love the person that I see is showing them that it's okay to love who they are too while still being healthy and still taking care of themselves. So it's a big, I mean, there's a big picture in all of it. Right. And, um, you know, I fully get, uh, going back to the first part, they can wear you down, and um, I work with moms, and uh, they're like, you know, I just get exhausted with it. And it does take, uh, for me instance, with my two seven-year-old, soon-to-be-seven-year-old twins, it took me some effort to find out what they liked. Sure. And then guess what? I repeat that. So mm -hmm. some people like, well, there's not enough variety. They don't like these three things. Fine. Are they better choices than, you know, McDonald's? Mm -hmm. Yes. Then feed it to them. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you know, sometimes we get caught up in too much variety, especially if you've got a picky eater. If they're getting some protein and they're getting a starchy carb and some fibrous carbs and in, in a, a better choice way than McDonald's, you're doing great. Uh, I want you to simplify it and not make it so complex that 
I'm trying to find different stuff because most of them don't like different stuff. That's right. But once you find that system, which is the hard part, actually diving in and figuring out, these are the things. My Cody, she's like the most finicky. Haven, not so much. But Cody, I've got three or four things I feed her, and that's good because, you know, the food turns into the nutrition. That's all right. we're looking for there. Right. And, uh, but that can wear you down. But, you know, putting forth the mindset of it's my duty. It's not an option. It is your duty and obligation, number one, to take care of you, for you, to love you. But if you have children or people that depend on you, you need to be doing it for that reason also. And it doesn't have to be kids. Some ladies, uh, lady told me, she said, well, there's a dog. Does the dog depend on you to feed it water? Yep. Then you're obligated to stay around and help take care of that dog that you signed up to be a caregiver for. So, I mean, you know, we, we've got to look at it past, well, um, I'm not really hurting anybody by gaining right. weight. I'm eating this pizza and I'm eating this and gaining weight. And the only person getting hurt here is me. No, that's not true. There's someone that depends on you at work, in the family, your kids or whatever it may be. Someone's depending on you to be healthy. And if you don't think they're not looking at you, wishing you were taking better care of yourself, you're wrong. They're very quiet about it. They're mm -hmm. silent, especially kids. Oh, yeah, for sure. Kids are uh, always speaking up. When they see their moms getting healthier, like, I'm so thankful you're mm -hmm. doing that because I'm worried about you. Mm -hmm. Kids go off to college worried that they leave their moms home and dads and, like, I, I just worry about them having a heart attack or a stroke. So I want you to understand there's people that are thinking about you. They just don't say it because they don't know how to approach it. And um, But I just want you to simplify this and say, you know what? It is my duty in the discussion and so obligation to take care of this body. And that doesn't mean, you know, back, Amanda said, I look at the mirror and the body image thing, and I'm okay with what I see. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean she got to a place where she's like just jumping up and down and cheering and going, man, rock star. It's learning to be content while you're not being complacent, sure. meaning she's still a work in progress, but she's learned to be okay with the body she has today without being idle, without saying, oh, I'm happy with what I look, and then sitting on the couch eating a bag of Cheetos and calling it a day. Right. That's not what the message is. The message is being content so you can relax while you're working towards being better, and that simplifies the process versus saying, I'll be happy and better with my kids when I lose 20 pounds. Right. So. Right. I mean, they don't care they, how much I weigh. Right. They don't care what my body looks like in the mirror in a pair of jeans. So it really is just setting that example in the physical and in the mental when it comes to, to food. Yeah. And, and, it's, it, and it's simply you just making a little shift. Mm -hmm of bringing better food home, letting them see it, and asking them. They Kids love to be a part of it, man. You just People don't realize they want to be a part of, hey, gang, I know we haven't done this ever, but we're going to start being healthier so we're more active, more energy. I can play with you guys more. We can get out and go do whatever it is you're wanting to do. And they're like, hey, we're cool because right now you are kind of their, their, their god, and they are you know, soaking up. Even my 19-year-old. Goes off to college. I'm like, let's see how this works out. She's still making better choices, okay? And I had to see how that would be outside of the household and uh, making better choices because that's what she saw. And they don't always like it. Nope. And I'm always the bad cop in the house. And, like, look, I know you don't like this, but I just want you to eat better. And, um, you know, there's always room after they eat better to have a cookie or whatever. Sure. We're not saying to, to, to rule that out. But most importantly, let's wrap this up by saying, Let's quit looking at only drugs, alcohol, and nicotine 
as those are real struggles mm -hmm. and start accepting that maybe you have a real struggle too that no one else is taking too serious. So what does that mean? You have to. You have to look at it from a different set of eyes and say, this is just as serious of an addiction as those other three. It's my duty to start making a decisive action and not procrastinate and just start moving forward to doing better, losing some weight, and most importantly, just feeling better about doing the right thing for yourself. Sure. And it's one choice at a time. You don't have to fix it all overnight. Absolutely. So, hey, gang, hope you love this. Uh, again, we'll be releasing this. It'll be on all the podcast platforms. Thank you so much for the downloads. Please, if you would, share this uh, with as many people as you know. We'd like to have more followers just getting this message out. And then follow us on TikTok mm -hmm. and Instagram. And we'll put those in the link. If you go there, like and follow. Some of the same little short clips are there. Just keep loading up your mind with all this knowledge, and it starts to subconsciously just move you in the right direction. So we guys love you, and we'll talk to you next week.